welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message. Good evening, Abundant Life Church. Hallelujah. It is such a blessing to stand before you tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I am excited simply because Jesus has set me free. Amen. He saved me. He redeemed me. I don't know about any of you, but it's time to get excited. Don't don't put it down now. Pick it back up. It's time to get excited because Jesus has set you free. We are the redeemed. We are the children of the most high God. Amen. We are the head and not the tail. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You have to decree it and declare it by faith that you are the head and not the tail. You have won this battle, amen? The last time I checked, we win. And that's just not churchy cliche. We do win, amen? (laughs) So just give him praise one more time. Give him praise. Amen. I tell you, it's it's an honor to stand before you tonight. I want to give an honor to our beloved pastor, Pastor Jeremiah Hostel, just, just give an honor for a minute, him and his wife and his family, and I want to thank God for them. It's just so awesome to be a part of this house. It's a blessing to be a part of this house, and every time I get a chance to stand, I just want to thank God for, for just appointing me to this house for such a time as this, amen, and I want you all to know that you have been appointed to this house. For such a time as this, God has put you in this time, in his kingdom, in this house for his purpose. Amen. So don't take that lightly. Amen. Don't take that lightly. So I thank God for that. So uh, I just want to jump right into the word. If that's all right tonight. That's all right. We're ready. We're ready to receive. Because some things I may say tonight may be a little bit hard to receive. All right. But that's. That's all right. Amen. It's time for the church to put down the flesh (laughs) and pick up the Holy Ghost. I just believe this in this day and time where God is calling the church to rise up. And I know that's what pastor been preaching about in this series about rising up. But I tell you now, I believe that it's time for the church to really rise up in the spirit of the living God. Begin to walk in the spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of our flesh. Amen. Amen. There's so many things going on in this world and around the, the body of Christ that if we're not careful, it's easy for some of that mess to slip into the body. So we have a responsibility to keep that junk out. Amen. We have a responsibility to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and like Pastor Andy just said, make no provisions for the flesh. And I just believe when we make up our minds to begin to walk in the spirit, listen, in every area of our lives, we will begin to see the glory of God in our situations. Amen. Some of you, God just waiting on you to put down your flesh. Some of us are looking for breakthrough. Some of us are looking for change. And some of us are looking for God to do things in our lives. But I just believe God is saying, I'm waiting on you to put some stuff down. And so I just believe that's what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in this time. Amen. Doesn't matter what's going on around us, church. God has not changed. His Spirit is still sufficient for you to walk in the power of it. To you to walk with your head high, no matter what's going on in your family. Now is a time for us to believe by faith like never before that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think or imagine. I just choose to believe what God is able to do in my life. Amen? Because the truth of the matter, all of us have some stuff going on. But I just believe God is saying to the body of Christ right now, it's time to believe him. It's time to trust him and watch him do it. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I want us to, uh, I got two passages of scripture that I want to read before I get into my message tonight. So first of all, I want us to stand for the reading of God's word. I want us to turn our Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. 
And we're going to start in the 20th verse and we're going to read all the way to the 26. And then I got another passage and that's going to be it. And we're reading, we're, we're turning to John chapter 17. And what we see here is truly the Lord's prayer. What we see here is the priestly prayer. We see Jesus as the high priest. We get a glimpse of him before he goes to ascend to the father. We get a glimpse of his high priest prayer. His high priest prayer. And in the middle of this prayer, he begins to pray for all of us believers. And it starts in verse 21, verse 20, I'm sorry. And it says, it says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, I want you to ponder on that for a minute. I want us to ponder on that for a minute. Listen to what Jesus says. He says that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. <laughs> and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me, Jesus says that again, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and we'll declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter four. And we're going to look at the first verse all the way down to the sixth verse. And here we have the apostle Paul speaking by the spirit of God and he says this, he says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. It's, it's funny that Paul would say he's a prisoner of the Lord. Amen. In other words, what Paul is saying that he has fully and truly committed his life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He says that he's a prisoner of the Lord. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And listen to what he says. He says, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. He says, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all. And listen to what he says. And in you all. He says, in you all. Oh, I want you to understand that Paul is not just talking to an individual here. He's talking to the body. He's talking to the body that has been created to function as one. And this is not just the Apostle Paul speaking church, but this is the Holy Ghost speaking through him. And it tells me this is something serious to the Spirit of God. This is something serious that the body of Christ be one. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but it's so serious that Jesus decided to have a meeting, a meeting with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And one of the main things that he spoke about was the church being one. He called a heavenly summit to discuss with the Father and the Spirit of God about oneness, his desire for the church to walk in oneness and unity. This is the heart of Christ. This is our Lord's desire. 
that we be one. So I want us to pray before we go into this message tonight. Father, I thank you for this humbling opportunity to stand before your beloved people tonight. And God, I ask of you right now, Father, that you would have your way in this house. Have your way upon the hearts of your people. Have your way in the minds of your people, almighty God. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come in like a rushing mighty wind tonight and have your way in this house. But Lord, my prayer tonight is that you would have your way in the hearts of your people. God, thank you for the manifestations of your spirit. Thank you for the gifts of your spirit. Thank you for all the wonderful things that you have done in this house. But God, I pray tonight that there will be a move of the spirit that will shift the hearts of us, oh God. That will shift us to a new realm of oneness. That will shift us to understand the covenant that we have in you, Lord Jesus. And so, God, let the power of your might rest in this house tonight, God. And as I pray and as I stand to preach your word, God, help me because I cannot do this without you. And, God, I pray the, the prayer of our, our pastor, almighty God. God, I don't have the ability, but I pray and, and I stand in availability tonight for you to have your divine way in this house and we ask this in the mighty and matchless and strong name of Jesus Christ give him praise before you sit down I title this message tonight a call to unity a call to unity back in the early probably early 2020 I don't know if any of you remember, but this is what the Lord brought to my attention. Back in early 2020, a man of God prophesied to our man of God about this house. And I don't know the prophecy verbatim, but I do know that it was about unity. A man of God spoke to our man of God and he told him, he said, you need to tell the church to get to a place of unity because of what's about to come down the pipe against the house of God and against the church of Jesus Christ. And pastor stood over this pulpit and he spoke it and he released that prophecy over the church. And under that prophetic anointing, we grab a hold, we grabbed a hold to that prophecy. And let me tell you something, church, I seen this house change. I've seen God do great things in this house. We've seen miracles. We've seen signs and wonders. We've seen people be healed, supernaturally healed. We have seen so many great things that God has chosen to do in this house. And I believe because of one thing, of so many different things, but one reason is because this church decided to walk in unity. And I believe that with everything in me. I believe that people grabbed a hold of that prophecy and they grabbed a hold of that word from God of this house and we begin to walk in a place of unity that, listen, that attracted the presence of God. The Bible says that God commands a blessing when he sees unity. And we know all the things that came against this house, amen? We all we know all the things that came against this house. We uh, I can sit here and tell you some things that and pastor, he's already told you. But because of some events that went on in the in our world, in our society, he was called racist. <laughs> there was an attack against the body. But in the midst of that, I seen the people of God stand up against that devil and begin to bombard heaven in prayer and stand in lock arms and say, devil, you are a liar. You are a liar from hell. We are the unified body of Christ. No matter what color we are, no matter what side of the tracks we come from, no matter where we come from, no matter how good or bad, we're going to stand together and we're going to stand with Jesus against this thing. And I'm going to tell you, as a black man, I had a lot of people come against me, whether you know I'm black or not. But But in the midst of that, I had to take a stand. I had to take a stand for what? Righteousness. I had to let the kingdom of God override my culture. 
And I had to walk in truth no matter what nobody else was saying, no matter how much they was throwing rocks or coming at me and my wife about what we should do and how we should feel or how we should look at things. (laughs) I couldn't go off what I felt like. I had to go off what God said. And as I begin to stand on the word of God, regardless of what people around me were saying, what my culture was saying, listen, let me tell you something. I begin to see the hand of God unfold. I begin to see that lie get trampled over and the word in the presence of God in the church of Jesus Christ still came out. Let me tell you what remnant means. Remnant means this. It means a, 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 a group of people that stands after destruction comes. See, a lot of us think remnant means just a choice group of people. Remnant means when all hell has broken loose against you, when all hell has came against the body of Christ, and we still rise up in unity and stand for what Jesus has said, regardless of what it looks like. That's the remnant of Jesus Christ. And you are that remnant, church. And I'm not just saying that. I believe abundant life church is that remnant. And I can say that with full confidence. Oh, God, help me. But let me talk about the book of Ephesians a little bit because this is what I'm going to do my best to preach out of tonight. Amen. Oh, God, help me. Listen, I love the book of Ephesians because the book of Ephesians is so rich. Listen, it's so rich when it comes to the revelation of our salvation and what God the Father has done for us through Jesus our Lord. Amen. You see, Ephesians has two parts to the entire book. The first three chapters is what I like to call the heavenly part. (laughs) The first three chapters of Ephesians is what I like to call the good part, the heavenly part. In other words, it explains to us what God has done for us in the heavens through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I love this part because it encourages me. Let me tell you something. I love this part so much because it encourages me when I'm in the most difficult times in my life. In other words, it lets me know whose I am and who I am in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, I love this passage of scripture so much. Let me tell you who you are in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you're going through anything tonight. I don't know what heaviness may be on some of you tonight, but it seems like it seems like it is. But I want to say something to liberate you tonight in the name of Jesus. I want to let you know who you are in Christ Jesus tonight. Listen what the the scripture tells us. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to him himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glory but to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in him we have redemption you better shout right there I don't know about any of you but you got redemption you've been redeemed See, when you've been redeemed from what I've been redeemed from, some of you will get up and start running around this church because I want to let you know that I've been set free from crack cocaine. I've been set free from drugs and alcohol that had me bound and I was on my way to hell. But God came in and set me free. I didn't have to go through a rehab. I didn't have to go anywhere. All I had to do was bow my knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and he set me free. If you don't know what it feels like to be set free, you better get up on on your feet and give him praise in this house. You are redeemed by his blood, church. That's what Ephesians does for me. Let's me know who I am, amen. But the last three chapters, see, we, we love to talk about the good part. And I love the good part. The good part don't change. Our feelings do. Y'all missed that. You missed that. The promises of God are what? And yes and amen in Christ. The good part never changes. 
is that the things that we go through make us forget about it, make us doubt it, make us stop having faith in what Jesus has done for you and through you. Amen. I thank God that he has given me everything. I like what Pastor Andy, I could preach his message right now. I can just close the book and continue to preach what Pastor Andy was up here preaching. Me plus God equals everything. But the last three chapters is the heaven on earth part. <laughs> the first three chapters is what God has done for us in the heavens that we couldn't do for ourselves. But the last three parts talks about what we have been called to do here in the earth. In other words, these last three chapters tells us what we have been called to be and do here in the earth. And they remind me of what Jesus teaches us to pray when he says, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in, the, in other words, the last three chapters, Paul calls us to our, listen, he calls us to our heavenly responsibilities. I'm going somewhere to this. If the Lord let me get there, I'm going somewhere. He's called us to our heavenly responsibilities here in the earth. And listen, listen, toward one another. See, this is where I'm going with this church. Our heavenly responsibilities toward one another. Toward our brothers and sisters. Our heavenly responsibilities in the body of Christ. We have heavenly responsibilities in Abundant Life Church. And Paul says this, he, he pleads with us. Listen, I love this. He said, I urge you, I beg you, I beseech you. He pleads with us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live up to what we have been called to. He says, I plead with you with this. He said, live up to what you have been called to. He says, walk worthy of your high calling. Walk worthy of the calling that you have. And the first thing that he begins to talk about when it comes to our heavenly calling is unity. When you look at the book of Ephesians, the first thing that Paul begins to talk about when he begins to open up our responsibilities as the body of Christ, he decides or the Holy Spirit decides to start it off with unity. And I just wonder why. <laughs> because I want you to know something, church, that God has created us to be a body. That means that everything works together. We are an organism, so to say. Amen? If I cut my hand off, my body, what? It suffers. If I cut my feet off, my body suffers. If I cut my, my finger off, my body still is going to suffer. But what amazes me is this. It's one component that continues to run through the entire body that makes the body function as it should, and that is the blood. That is the blood. The blood is what unites us. <laughs> the blood is what saves us. The blood is what redeems us. The blood is what cleanses our conscience. The blood is what forgives us, church. You are united by the blood. And Paul says in this text here, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but Paul says in this text here, because of that, he says, I'm urging you, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you to maintain the unity of the spirit. To maintain it. To love one another, to walk in it. I'm getting all ahead of myself. To walk in this unity, to love one another, to put others before you, 
to lift up your brothers and sisters in Christ. When you see them lying down and when you see them hurt, lift them up. One thing I love about this church on Tuesday nights, let me tell you something. When, 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 when pastor get up and we start praying, it, it, I love to see people running up here, standing in the gap for people. Oh my God in heaven. Let me tell you something. If you just pray for you, if you pray for somebody else's house, God will bless your house. If you pray for somebody else's kids to get saved, God will bless, he'll save your kids. Come on, somebody. Whew. So Paul begins to talk about unity. You see, I believe that what the apostle Paul is saying here is that without unity, without being one in heart, one soul, and one mind, that we church and the body of Christ will miss out, listen, will miss out not only on the blessings, but on the fullness of God. See, there's a fullness that we can walk in. There's a fullness that abundant life can dwell in. Just in this house. There's a fullness that we can walk in. And God has given us the ability by his spirit and not only the ability but the responsibility to maintain the unity of the faith of the spirit or the faith say what other one and God said God wants to pour out his blessings on this house I believe that amen how many of you want God's blessing on this house Hey Amen. How many of you want to see God's blessings on this house? I'm not saying your house. I'm talking about this house. Because if we begin to pray for the blessings to be poured out on this house, God will take care of your house. <laughs> so listen. So I think I got about eight points here. Now I'm just playing. Whew. Don't let a teacher get up here and try to preach. You know, he try to preach his whole message. Everything that he done wrote, he tried to preach it. So the first thing that Paul says to us about how to walk in unity, Paul gives us some, some practical ways on how to carry this thing out. Amen. I love God because God said, well, sometimes y'all are just a little bit too, uh, I ain't going to say the word, but sometimes we just too much like sheep. So he just have to break it down for us a little bit. Amen. <laughs> He has to break it down for us a little bit. So Paul gives us some practical ways. Listen, the first thing that Paul says is in is in verse one. He says, and this is what he says. He calls us to walk worthy of the high calling in Christ Jesus. <laughs> he calls us to walk worthy of the high calling. Notice I keep doing that. The high calling in Christ Jesus. Look at verse one. It says, I therefore the prison of the Lord beseech you, beg you, urge you. To walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Church, I want to make something very clear. That the Apostle Paul here is not talking about your individual call to ministry. But Paul here is talking about your high calling in Christ Jesus. You see, the highest calling is not what you do in the church. It's not how good we can preach. It's not how good we can, we can sing. It's not how good we can worship. It's not how good we can do that. And all those things are wonderful. But that is not the highest calling that we have been called to walk in, church. But the highest calling is who we are in Christ Jesus. And listen, and how you live up to that calling. That is the highest calling. The highest calling is how we live every day. What we think about every day. Yeah, I said it. You know why? Because we have the power to cast them thoughts down. We have the power to cast them things down. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we have dominion to pull every lie down, every deceitful thought, every thought that make me say something bad about my brother, my sister. We have the authority and the power to cast them things down. We ain't fooling God. Like my mother used to tell me, boy, I can see straight through you. God can see straight through you. It's amazing how we think that we can think about certain things and think about certain people and let these thoughts dwell in our mind. And then we want to say, God, I love you. 
God help me. God, God do something in my life. But yet over here, we're still saying and thinking bad things about my brother and sister. <laughs> I think that's why Jesus said, he said, first get the plank out your own eye. So you can see clear enough to get the salt out of your brother and I. And God gave me a revelation one time. And he, he said, I said, God, what do you mean by that? He said, let me tell you something about the plank. He said, the plank is so big, you're going to spend a lifetime trying to get it out your eye. That's how big that plank is. That's how big your stuff is. That is all, if you focus on your faults and your mess, you're focusing on the plank. And it's only then, it is only then when you can see clear enough to help your brothers and sisters because you're so focused on what God needs to do in your life, you can see clear enough to get the sawdust out of your brother's life. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're helping me focus on me. You're helping me focus on me. Because if I just focus on me, I won't down talk my brother. I won't down talk my sister because I got too much mess. I'm just telling the truth. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen that liberates me, that sets me free, that gives me a new mindset, that helps me walk in holiness. I never thought that I could walk in holiness. I never thought that I could, that I can live the way I'm living, Robert. I, I never thought that. From, from where I come from, I never thought that I could, that I can have a functioning marriage. And not a functioning marriage, a healthy, heavenly marriage. Everybody in my family didn't even know about, they didn't even respect marriage. Marriage was not even a thing. I had aunts and uncles that lived together for, for all their life. And they, well, they weren't my uncle, but the aunts that lived with their boyfriends and all their lives, I, I've seen this all my life. It was a normal thing where I came from. Marriage was nothing. Marriage was just, I ain't getting married. I shacked the rest of my life before I get married. But I thank God for the spirit of God that, that, that when, I, when, when I stepped into Jesus, things changed for me. Amen. When I, when I stepped into him, my past changed and my future changed. God taught me how to be a good husband. He taught my wife how to be a good wife. And let me tell you something. I love my wife. <laughs> I thank God for for my life. How many of you just can give God praise right now for what he's done in your life? Give him praise. The highest calling is how you live each and every day. Well, what does this have to do with unity, Pastor? Well, I want you to know that you have been brought from darkness to light. You have been seated in heavenly places, so it's high time for us to be heavenly people. That's what it has to do with unity. You have been set free. You've been sought high. God has seated you in heavenly places. He's given you his spirit. Now he's saying, live it out. If you want to see my glory in this thing, live it out. If you want to see me show up in your life, live it out. I've given you everything you need. There's a responsibility. Listen, there is a responsibility to your identity. It's a responsibility to your identity. God has given you a new identity. You are a new man. New woman in Christ Jesus. So therefore, we live out new things. And one of the new things that we live out in this house church that I'm crying and plead, I thank God for what he's already done through the power of unity. But I just stand here tonight to remind the church that we can go to another level in unity in this house. We can walk in another level of unity. People of God, I want you to know that the value, listen to this, the value, I'm still talking about the high calling here now. The value of our salvation was very high. The cost of our salvation was high. It cost God his best. It cost God his best. He so loved the world that he gave his only. Oh my God, his only not that he had a few to pick from the litter. He gave his only begotten son. It cost God his best. And I want you to know something else. You were worth it. You were worth it. 
how you know how we know that you were worth it because the Bible tells us that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he so loved you and I when we was in the world when we was lost when we were sinners when we was dead in our trespasses when we was dead in sin God found you to be worth saving you were worth God saving. You were worth God filling you with his spirit. You were worth God filling you with spiritual gifts so you can reach the lost for his kingdom. I want you to say that you were worth it. I'm worth it. Say it. I'm worth it. See, it doesn't matter what people speak over me. Because God has already spoken over me. It doesn't matter what people speak over you. God has already spoken over you. And that lie from hell that's trying to entrench itself in your mind, I cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. And Paul says it's time for us to live worthy of our salvation. So Paul gives us some, some clear revelation of the value of our salvation. Paul says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. He says that you have been redeemed by his blood. He says that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Paul says that we are holy and without blame before God in his sight. And Paul says that you have been made alive who were dead. That is a very high calling to live up to. I'm trying to usher us into this thing tonight so we can start walking in unity because everybody in here is valuable. When you look at your brother and sister, you, you are valuable. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're valuable. You're valuable. This is a high calling that God has called us to walk in. Amen. And so that's what the Holy Spirit reveals to us in chapters 1 through 3 and begs us to live worthy of that, which brings us to our next points. And see, this is where the rubber meets the road. I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit, but that's all right. You know where I'm going anyway, amen? This is our core group, so most of you know where I'm about to go with this thing. See, this is where the rubber meets the road. In fact, because in the first three chapters, Paul tells us of all the great things that the Lord Jesus has done for us. But now he says, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. You see, the first half is about the goodness of God to us. The second half of Ephesians is about the, good and the, God, the goodness of God living through us. It's living through us now. And this is what we're called to do. So Paul says this, the second thing, and this is why I might just camp out for a minute. I might just camp out for a minute right here. But the second way that Paul tells us to walk, to walk in unity is, listen, simply as this. This is one-on-one. And I say, this with, I say this with a prophetic voice, to love one another. I'm going to say it again, because sometimes we take that so lightly. How we walk in unity in this house, church, is to love one another. To love one another. And I'm just not talking about a, a superficial love. I'm talking about a supernatural love. A love that you and I don't have the power to live out. I'm talking about a love that makes you put your flesh down every morning and kill it and mortify the deeds of it and stand up in love and choose to love those that has hurt you. Oh yeah, I'm going there. That has stabbed you in the back that you are tired of dealing with. <laughs> Over and over again, having to forgive this person, having to forgive that person. God, it's time for us to walk in love. Listen to what Paul says. He says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another. You know, you know why I like that passage right there, that, that last part when it says bearing with one another. You know what that lets me know? It lets me know that none of us are perfect. Because I don't have to bear with nobody that's perfect. But when you're not perfect, that means we got to bear 
with each other. Sometimes we're going to do things that we don't like. We're going to rub each other the wrong way. We're going to, oh, come on, somebody. We Sometimes we have to just bear with one another. Paul says that we bear with one another in love. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes it's, it's hard bearing with with people. Now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I, I, I love this house, and I'm not, I'm not just speaking because uh, I'm a pastor in this house, but I really love this house because it's like everybody that I come in contact with, there is a certain amount of love in each and every one of you that is supernatural in this house. I don't know about you, but we have something very unique in this house, and you ought to give God praise for it right about now. I thank God for this house. We have a, a, I'm going to brag on you for a minute. If it's, I'm going to brag on you. We have a people in this house that has truly submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. I'm encouraged to come to this house. Because sometimes when I come to this house, I have to be, I, sometimes I have to come here to get checked. I have to come here to get checked. Because I can come in with a, with, a, with a bad spirit sometimes. Somebody done made me mad. One of my children done, 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 done really just really rubbed me the wrong way. But then when I come into this house, glory be to God, somebody like Pastor Jason grabs you and bear hugs you. He bear hugs all the badness out of you and fill you up with love. Glory be to God. It's hard not to love in this house. I'm just speaking from my heart. Is that all right? Yeah. See, none of us are perfect. We have to bear with one another. Church, I want, you, I want to say something real quick. That Jesus says in the last days, because sin will abound, that the love of many will grow cold. And I don't believe that Jesus was just talking about the world around us. Even though we know that he meant the world, but I'm going to tell you something. We live in a time right now where some of that mess out there in the world is trying to creep up in the house of God. And we see it. But I come to tell you right now, abundant life, we will not let it happen in this house. I decree that right now. We will not let it happen in this house. We cannot let it happen. We have to walk in love. We cannot let the love for one another grow cold in this house. So we've been called to a responsibility to love one another. Amen. Listen to the commandment that was given to us in John 13, 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Listen, by all this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When, the, when, the, when sinners walk through those doors, the first thing they want to see is love. Now, I just thank God for the power and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that goes on in this house. I thank God for it and Lord Jesus, we continue to pray for it. But one of the things, church, I just, I just believe that really gets a sinner's attention is the love of the people. When they see you loving one another, it's unnatural. It's supernatural. And I'm going to tell you something. It draws the lost. It draws the lost. Amen? It's the love and kindness that draw you and I. It's the loving kindness of God that draws you and I, amen. And so we are still called to that responsibility to love one another, to operate in that love, to walk in that love. And I just believe that there will be a realm of love in this house. A spirit of love will begin to take over. That people will come into this house and sinners will fall at this altar, weeping, seeking Jesus, the one that you know. And they want to know, how in the world can you love like this? How can you walk? Like, I want what you have. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's so good. And we're called to that. We're called to that unity, church. And if I don't say anything else tonight, my heart cries, this church will begin to rise up in another level of unity. How did Jesus love us? Well, listen, he loved us when we were still sinners. That's right. That's right. 
That's how he loved us. He loved us when you and I were still sinners. So if we have the seed of God on the inside of us, then we need to love that same way. We need to love our brothers and sisters' imperfections. We need to love our brothers and sisters' faults. We have to begin to walk in a level of love that will supernaturally change the culture in this house. How did he love us? Listen, he loved us, he loved us, listen, he loved us when we hated him. Because in our flesh we couldn't love God. The Bible says that we were enmity against God. We didn't, we didn't want God and, 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 and we didn't want to love God. We didn't know how to. We didn't have the love of God. We didn't even know what love was, but he still loved us and pursued us. And listen, bared with our mess, amen. I'm so thankful that God bared with my mess, that he was patient with me, that he was long-suffering with me, that he bared with me, that he pursued you and I till he apprehended you, glory be to God. That's the same thing that we're called to do for the lost. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what discipleship is. Walking with somebody until Christ is formed in them. How many of us give up on people because they just simply get on our nerves? I'm going to say what you feel tonight. But that's where the supernatural love has to kick in. Amen. I'm reminded when the Bible say that Jesus was tired and he was trying to find a place to rest. Then all of a sudden the crowd began to follow him and the Bible says because he had compassion. He said, let's feed them. And Lord, they said, Lord, we don't have, we don't have anything to give them. What are we going to get this at? He said, we got something to give. It may seem like a little to you, but if you put it in my hands, I can make it plenty. And see, that's the love of God that we have. The, the, the love that you have, if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not enough to you, but if you allow God to come in and just fill, it, fill you up with his love, you can bear with some people, amen? You can walk with some people until Christ is formed in them. Church, I just feel like that this is what the whole, I know some of you are looking at me right now with, like, like, deer with, you know, like a deer in headlights, but this is what I believe the Lord has given me for this house at this time. He loved us with a supernatural love. How do we walk in love? Well, Paul gives us a few practical things. Listen, the first thing Paul says, he says three things, and I'm going to get out of here. He says lowliness, gentleness, and long-suffering. The first thing he said is lowliness. <laughs> in other words, humility. Church, we need to spend less time trying to lift ourselves up and more, try, try, more time trying to lift each other up. If we spend more time trying to lift others up than ourselves, then we're putting the flesh down. We're crucifying that old man, that old selfish ambition to make everything about me, 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 and mine, mine, mine. God has called you to serve, not to be served. Jesus said he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And what I love about Jesus, he came from the highest place to the lowest place so that he could lift us up and seat us in heavenly places. And this is the same attitude that we should have toward one another. Lowliness is when we have a heart to always lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ and listen and not to tear them down. I tear somebody down, Pastor Jason, when I think a wrong thought towards them. It hadn't even come out of my mouth yet. But I think I'm okay because I'm thinking it. Whew. But how I lift up my brothers when I say, no, that's not him. That's not her. I know who they are in Christ. I know what they're capable of. I know what they can be in Christ. And I think good thoughts towards them. Come on, somebody. You, you can take your thoughts captive. That's what the scripture said to me. I don't know about any of y'all, but he said I can take what? My thoughts captive and what? Make them obedient to Christ. 
That's how we, we lift up each other. Lowliness, listen, lowliness makes us aware of our own nothingness and causes us to esteem others better than ourselves. You know, one of the definitions of lowliness or humility is when you get flat down on your face, when you lay down on the ground and it says that I got to get low as I can get. This is what lowliness looks like. I, I get down as low as I can get because it's not about me. It's about Jesus resurrecting me. It's about him lifting me up. And church, I believe that when we begin to walk in that level of lowliness, it will bring a unity in this house that will be unprecedented. It will be so tangible that you could take a knife and cut it. And Jesus said this, he says, the greatest commandment is this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. All your strength. And then he said this, he said, the second is like it. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, the second is like it. It's just like it, he said. He said, the second one, the second commandment, first love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, and the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what I got out of that. If, if, if you're not, if, if you are not practicing the second one, then you're lying about the first one. I love God. Oh, I love God. Look at me. Look at me. I love God. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. I love God. But you can't love your brother or sister whom you see. Jesus said the, the second one is like the first one. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do the first one without doing the second one. I don't think you know what Jesus is saying. He says it's impossible for you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength if we don't love our brothers and sisters. He said you can't do the first one if you're not doing the second one. Don't work. Don't work. Incomplete. You know, one of the, God help me, Holy Spirit, help me. You know, one of the things that really grieves my spirit is, is when I, when I see Christians give up on the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what I mean when I say that. When I see Christians stop, when they start making excuses to do what they want to do instead of what the Holy Spirit has empowered them to do. It grieves my spirit, Pastor. Because it tells me that you're saying that God is not sufficient. That his power is not sufficient to give you what you need to love and to forgive and to bear with one another. It grieves my spirit when I see people, when I see Christians, Christians, I'm talking about us, I'm talking about the body of Christ. It grieves my spirit when I see us fall back into a, a place of flesh. Because we have made it about us. And Jesus said his grace is sufficient. In your weakness. Matter of fact, he says that his power <laughs> is made perfect in your weakness. That tells me when I feel like hating, when I feel like not forgiving, when I feel like letting my flesh take over, if I just tell God I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm hurting, I can't do it by myself. It hurts God, but I want to do it. I want to forgive. I want to let it go, but I can't. It's then when Jesus comes in and he gives you his grace to overcome it. He gives you his grace to lift up and say, I'm going to walk in this thing no matter how I feel, almighty God. We don't have no excuses. His grace and his power is sufficient for everything we need to live. I know this hard tonight. Let me tell you something. Lowliness, comes, lowliness can only come with spending time with Jesus. You can't be like the master unless you spend time with the master. 
I mean, I'm telling you, that's it. You don't get that characteristic by thinking it up. <laughs> you only can get that fruit by abiding. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes busyness is our worst enemy. <laughs> too busy to read. Too busy to do this. Too busy to pray. Too, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm just telling you the truth tonight. Lowliness comes when we spend time with him. Because he said that he was lowly and gentle. He said, take his yoke and, and learn. And learn this lowliness and learn this gentleness. We get it from him. We bear the fruit of the spirit by spending time with Jesus. Amen. Come on now. We, 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 we love to call ourselves Christians, but Jesus said a real Christian bear fruit. I'm just giving you some stuff to think on. I know this. I know this house. Uh, this, this, this is the, this is the core group. But this house is blessed and highly favored. Amen. I know it, and I believe it. But I'm just. I just come to remind us tonight. Amen. Listen what Philippians uh, two verse one says. Listen what Paul quotes. He says, "Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, I love that." Fellowship of the Spirit. I love when, when the people of God get together and the Spirit start moving just off conversation. <laughs> when uh, my wife was saying, she said today, Pastor Jason, she said, Whew. she said, I thought you and Pastor Jason and Pastor Annie was going to be there for the next three hours. <laughs> the fellowship of the Spirit. How many of you enjoy my groups? interest groups, home groups. That's the fellowship of the spirit, amen? That's just not you and I fellowshipping. It's, the, it's, it's we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, amen? amen? Hallelujah. Oh my God, I know I got to go. I'm sorry. Give him praise tonight. Give him glory. Give him praise. Listen, I ain't gonna keep you long. Come on up, Molly, because I, I don't want to keep us long tonight, Amen. Listen, I, I know I could, I could keep going on, but my message tonight is unity in this house. If I don't say anything else, I, I'm screaming unity. Church, I'm screaming to us to lock arms together and begin to walk in a level of unity that we have never walked in before. And I can guarantee you we will experience a manifestation and a power and the glory of God that we have never experienced before. I love what Paul continues to say. He says this. He says, be any, if any affection and mercy, he said, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, be of one accord, of, of one mind, one purpose. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Now, I can camp out right there for a minute, but I ain't going to hold us all night. Let nothing be done in selfish ambition. It's amazing how we think that we can manipulate God. And our little peon thinking. Or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I believe, church, in this season right now and in this time and in such a time as this, God is calling Abundant Life Church to walk in unity, to understand what the covenant means, to understand that we have been brought near and we have been set free and we are the children of the Most High God that we are the body of Christ and listen and we are true brothers and sisters we are true brothers and sisters look at look at your neighbor you are true I don't care what color they are I don't care what they look like where they come from you are true brothers and sisters Jesus said that we are more brothers and sisters than our natural family are
They came to him and said, Lord, your mother and your brothers and your sisters, they want you out there. And Jesus said, pointing to his disciples, he said, these, these are my brothers and my sisters and my mothers, those who do the will of my Father in heaven. These, the kingdom, the body, we are brothers and sisters, and I believe it's high time for us to begin to act like a church. I'm not saying we're not, but I'm just reminding us tonight, amen? The last thing I would have said is this. Maintain the purpose of God. The last thing that Paul says on how to walk in unity is maintain the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? The purpose of God is what Jesus prayed in John 17. That's the purpose of the Father, that we be one, that we walk in love, and that we show the world that we belong to him. We belong to Jesus. Come a high water. <laughs> Come hell or high water, we belong to Jesus Christ. No matter what comes against you, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how rough it gets, no matter what tribulation you have to go through, do not denounce his name. Stand on his glory, stand on his power, stand in his truth. And listen, exhibit his love to one another. That's my message to the house tonight, amen. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.